1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, The counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. June, Tune,
1: Dewey Theater. M.E.G. Marshall, verger of this congregation which celebrates the mysterious and the macabre. Chance, as a learned man once said, may very well be the pseudonym of God when he did not wish to sign his name. And then again, chance may very well be what it appears to be, a random accidental event. And it comes down to the old, old argument. Can our fate be foretold? Is our destiny signed, sealed, and delivered? Or do we have some room to maneuver? Our mystery drama, First Prize Death, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Norman Rose. It is sponsored in part by all state insurance companies and Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule. I'll be back shortly with Act One. No living creature suffers from such poor public relations as the snake. Oh, lately the shark is hated and feared, perhaps even more, but the shark at least deserves his reputation. Of course, things fell apart for the snake when he did the devil's job in the Garden of Eden. It's a pity to hear him constantly maligned, to have his name used to describe traitors, liars, and other scoundrels, especially those who insinuate their way into the victim's confidence. Well... We unfortunately cannot cure the ills of the world. we can only point out those which apply to our story. The snake of discontent has already begun to gnaw at the vitals of John Harrison Desmond, although John is about to deny it stoutly Good morning Eloise Good morning It's a lovely morning
2: mm-hmm.
1: Breakfast What shall I have for breakfast
2: You may have anything you like. Mm-hmm.
1: What is Millicent prepared?
2: Nothing. She awaits your pleasure.
1: She awaits my pleasure? (laughs) This almost sounds as if I'm a feudal lord about to exercise my droit de seigneur.
2: How about hermoneig?
1: You know what that means, don't you, Alan? Oh, bacon? The lord of the castle had free reign, as far as all the women who lived on his estate were concerned. Oh,
2: pancake. I suppose
1: a captain of industry today, who is, you might say, the... Equivalent in power to a feudal lord could actually demand and, for the most part,
2: receive. Oh, John, the... I, I just don't know how you can be so cheerful this morning.
1: Tell me, if you will, how this morning differs from all other mornings. John, John. Breakfast. Why don't I have a slice of ham, a rasher of bacon, and a single sausage oh. and one egg poached? There. Oh, John. Uh, shall you communicate this intelligence to Millicent, or shall oh, I? John,
2: it's a shame. It's a, it's a crime. It's, it's unfair. It's, it's wrong. Oh,
1: darling, is something the matter? Oh,
2: John, how could they give the prize, the Parker's Award?
1: Oh, is that what's bothering you?
2: Well, it has to bother somebody. Elwood Downard is such a nincompoop.
1: Elwood Downard is an excellent sociologist.
2: Oh, John, next to you, the man's an illiterate. Uh, now,
1: darling, you must listen.
2: Please, none of your self-sacrificing nobility. Happy is
1: that man who, being content with his work, his wife.
2: Oh, no, please, no more of that dime philosophy. The next thing you'll be doing, you'll be reciting, let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man.
1: <laughs> I think that's an excellent attitude.
2: Uh, I give up. You are the victim of the most flagrant political maneuvering. You
1: know, I may also have pancakes.
2: Well, everybody knows it.
1: It's rather more calories than I'd originally decided to invest in breakfast, but, uh, well, I can skip lunch.
2: And I give up.
1: All right, let me just say this. Elwood Downard is a man of substance and stature. He's
2: not in your class. That's
1: not true. He was in my class. Oh, John. Well, I was really. teaching at the university. And since he was my pupil, his receiving the award is a compliment to me.
2: You taught him everything he knows.
1: You know, this is a silly and fruitless argument. Well, you're too good-natured. Would you rather I was ill-natured? I give up. Ah, this time I hope you mean it. And
2: furthermore... Oh. You...
1: What's
2: the use?
1: Yeah. Now, have you finally subsided? Good. Huh. Darling, I know my worth. I know my value. But... No, you must listen to me.
2: But I know what you're going to
1: say. Fine. And there's no need for me to say it.
2: You're going to say, I don't care for the opinions or the... Well, if we
1: both know what I'm going to say, that... It
2: is enough for me that I do my work. History shall assign me my place.
1: Yes, that's about what I was going to say.
2: Hmm. But by the time
1: history gets around to you, you'll be dead. Well, then it won't matter very much, will it?
2: The Parkhurst Award, it's its even more prestigious than the Nobel Prize. Yes,
1: and I never won that one either, did I?
2: John, you have to get in there and
1: fight. Darling, I am not a pugilist. (gasps) I give up. Please do, even if it's just for a little while. Is he, John? Hmm? Oh, uh, Spence, come on in. Well, we fed it all into the computer. The data looks pretty good. Now, how far away are we from the report? Well, no more than six weeks. But we know the conclusions. It's obvious. We're going to advise the emir that the basic economic effort of his country should now be devoted toward developing the fisheries. I must say you've marshalled some brilliant arguments, brilliant <laughs> um, Spence, tell me something, sure, what well, uh, uh, never mind, something bothering you, John? Well, it's just well, you know the old saying, if you're so smart, why ain't you rich? Well look how smart I am. Why ain't I rich? Our sociological advisory institute isn't doing all that badly. No, no, that's not the kind of rich I mean. I don't follow you. Rich. Rich in honors. Oh. Yes. Oh. Let me put it to you this way. I've been missing out on the Nobel, and I should have made the Parkers this year. What do you want me to tell you? After all, I wrote the definitive work on, on... John, what can I say? I never thought that... You never thought what? That these awards meant anything to you. I'm only human. But you... You always gave the impression that prizes and medals were never really important. I have forgotten more than Elwood Downard will ever know. Look. In the long run, what does it mean? (laughs) You. You can take that magnanimous attitude, Spence. After all, you have got a parkhurst. I'm also ten years older than you, John, so you've got plenty of time. No, no. I've been pigeonholed. I've been passed over too many times. It's the younger men who will be considered from now on. John, what does it matter? What does it matter? Fifty years from now, ten years from now, next week. Will it make any difference? I am the top in my field. Nobody who really knows would dispute that. Then why have I been constantly overlooked? It simply isn't fair. No one ever said the world or life itself is fair. And there are times when virtue must be content to be its own reward. Oh, thank you. You're a great help. I never would have dreamed you felt this way. Well, now you know. Tell me something. You're saying all this in confidence, I assume. You still want to maintain your public image as a modest, self-effacing... Spencer, I have had it up to here. I have to let off steam in front of somebody or I'll blow my top. That's what wives are for. Oh, not mine. But I thought you and Eloise... If I ever spoke this way in front of Eloise, do you know what she would say? She'd say... She'd say, I told you so. And then do you know what I'd do? I would strangle her with my own two hands. Well, you've got it bad. What are you supposed to do in this world? How do you... How do you get recognition? John, you've got recognition. You know the kind I mean. I don't know. I wish I could tell you, but I just don't know. Spencer, I want that Parkhurst Award. To me, it would be... It would be the culmination of my life's work. You scare me, John. You sound as if you'd be willing to sell your soul for it. I would. I would. The problem is, the problem is I don't know who would want to buy it. They say the devil deals in that commodity. If there is such a thing as the devil and he, she, or it is listening, I am willing to make a deal, my soul, for the Parkhurst. What's supposed to happen now a puff of smoke and a cloud of sulphur and a sudden materializing of lucifer himself yes but obviously no such thing exists john don't let this thing get to you oh, spence it has gotten to me i can't help it mr swiftland
2: We have two names for you. Dr. Peter Spencer and Dr. John Desmond. And who are these gentlemen, Mrs. Poole? Well, they run an organization called the Sociological Advisory Institute. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's one of these extremely prestigious research centers and think tanks. They will make the recommendation that will decide the future direction of the economy of this small country that seems to be of such interest to you.
1: And do you have any ideas to the direction of the thinking? Oh, yes.
2: We have an agent in their data retrieval section. Yes, it seems clear at this point that they will advise the Emir to develop a fishing
1: industry. Oh, that's exactly what we were afraid of. That's what you paid me to find out, and now you know. We must find a way to convince the Institute to arrive at a different conclusion. Uh, my associates and I... Would like to know which member of the Institute would be instrumental in making the decision.
2: In order that you may do what?
1: In order that we may get him to change it. I am familiar with your methods, Mr. Strickland.
2: I don't think violence can serve your purpose. Neither do I. Oh, bribery? (laughs) Well, I am not sure you could buy either, Dr. Spencer... Or, Dr. Desmond, with money.
1: Again, uh, neither do I. But surely, Mrs. Poole, you of all people should be aware there are many ways to buy a man. And usually money is the least important. What are you talking about? John, be reasonable. I hate his guts. That's not your image. I hate my image. It's the one you've had all your life. It's too late to change now. I refuse to go to a party that will honor Edward Donald. You'll not only go, you'll give it. You'll be the host. That'll be the day. The day. The day will be a week from next Wednesday. If you think that I... He's your old student and you're happy for him and so you're holding this reception. Oh, never. Then count on this. You'll never get the Parkhurst. You asked us
2: to discover the kind of coinage one must use to bribe Dr. John Desmond. Mm -hmm. Well, as you can hear, we have inserted a recording machine in his office. Here, listen to this.
1: Then count on this. You'll never get the Parkhurst. How will a cocktail party win me the Parkhurst? It's politics. It's mingling. It's being seen. It's being gracious. Oh, come on, John. You want the Parkhurst. You want it more than anything in the world.
2: Well, have you heard enough, Mr. Strickland?
1: Parkhurst. The Parkhurst Award. It's actually as simple as that. Excuse me, Mr. Strickland. Hmm? Are you
2: saying that it is simple for your organization to obtain a Parkhurst
1: award? I'm saying, Mrs. Poole, it's simple to promise. Yes. Who? Oh, uh, well, does he have an appointment? No, no, I I can't see anyone today. Besides, what is there that I could do for him? He says he was advised to call on me by Dr. Elwood Downard. Well, I suppose so. Send him in. Now, why would Downard send anyone to see me? Dr. Desmond? Yes, come in, please. Thank you. Have a chair. Hmm. Now, sir, your name is... uh... Edward Strickland? Correct. What may I do for you? For starters, do not advise the Emir of Rochelle to develop a fishing industry. What? Oh, now, see here. I believe in getting to the heart of the matter. And Elwood Downard sent you to me? No. I don't know the gentleman. I used the name because I knew you would have to grant me an interview. The interview is over? Of course. Uh, only one thing remains to be said, and then we may adjourn so that you will be able to meditate. Get out before I throw you out. We could have led up to this gradually over days or weeks or even months. But I believe in placing all the cards on the table immediately. If you care to go along, we're prepared to pay you handsomely. Now, you listen to me. I, I don't know who you are or what your game is, but... If you think you can bribe me to betray a client. I don't think I can bribe you. I know I can. There isn't enough money in the world. I wouldn't give you a single penny. I'd give you what you want more than anything else. Will you be good enough to get out? I offer you the Parkhurst Award. Now, do you still want me to get out? (laughs) A man of few words, this Mr. Everett Strickland, but every one carefully chosen, like a precious stone. And further, like a precious stone, each is highly polished. I offer you the Parkhurst Award. Six words that shine like six gems. And does Dr. Desmond buy you should know by now that you don't find out things like that until we arrive at the second act. And what are the basic motivating forces in human beings? One great authority says sex. Another says hunger. A third says territory. Well, from all this, we are assured of one thing. There are different forces for different folks. At this time and in this place, what motivates John Desmond is what Shakespeare would call the bauble reputation. Mr. Strickland, I don't know what your game is. I'm willing to give in order to get... Why should you be concerned with our dealings with the Emirate of Rushall? I represent a group that has worldwide interest, Dr. Desmond. What we are talking about is completely out of a question. Why? I have my reputation to consider. Your reputation is very much the subject of this discussion. It would certainly be enhanced by a Parkhurst deal. I have heard enough, more than enough. That's absolutely true. You have heard enough for one day. Now you must sleep on it. Mr. Strickland, if you do not leave my office immediately, I shall have one of our security people toss you out. Well, that won't be necessary. I'm going. You need time now. Time to digest what I told you. Oh, spare me any further pathetic attempts to talk me into it. No need for me to do that. In the end, you'll talk yourself into it. <laughs>
2: It would have been for you, John?
1: Darling, why don't you have a canopy and a drink and just enjoy yourself?
2: That age of yours, that eulogy to that with woody Downward.
1: His name is Downward.
2: Oh, Downward. I have a husband who's content to play well, second fiddle that. to his inferior. Oh, here comes the great man now. No doubt he intends to patronize you. I'm going to get lost in the crowd. <laughs> Eloise!
1: Oh, well. John? Yes, Elwood. Thank you for this very cordial affair. It was my pleasure, Elwood. There's a plan afoot to establish a series of seminars to be held in Washington. The Elwood Downard Research Series. It would be attended by top people in government and education. Ah, the Elwood Downard Research Series. Mm -hmm. Of course, my name guarantees the success of the project. Oh, yes, I'm sure. I'm assembling a panel to run the thing, and I may have an opening for you. An opening. Mm-hmm. You could do yourself a lot of good, John. Actually, being on my faculty would be quite a boost for you. Yes, yes, it would. It will yes. prove that you're back in the mainstream. I never thought that I'd left it. Of course not, John. It's just that there seems to be an impression that, um, well, will you think about it? Thank you. Thank you, Edward. Yes. Yes, I'll think about it.
2: What was I thinking of the whole evening? I'll tell you.
1: I don't believe I asked you, Eloise, dear.
2: You should have been the guest of honor at that party. You should have been the Parkris medalist. Why are we stopping here?
1: Because I have something vital to tell you. What's that? Shut up. Sure. I don't know any other way to put it. I don't want to hear another word about Elwood Downard or Parkhurst Prizes. John, darling, I'm only trying to... I know. I know you're only trying to inspire me. Well, is that bad? In this case, it can lead to a catastrophe. John. You want me to have recognition, fame. Well,
2: is that so terrible?
1: These things are not to be, and they're not for me.
2: I won't have you talk that way. Well, I
1: must. Do you understand? I must. You have no right to give up. Eloise... Eloise, do not weaken my resolve.
2: What resolve?
1: I am willing to accept the hand that has been dealt to me. Please don't make me dissatisfied. But I'm only trying You keep to... saying that you're only trying. And I must tell you to stop. Just stop right now, right here. Never, Eloise, never say another word to me about winning an award. But I don't understand what... Just leave it at that. Don't push me. I'm having a hard enough time as it is.
2: Sure. You mean you're having a hard time,
1: Eloise? The discussion is over. Talk good. <laughs> ah, good morning, Dr. Desmond. Uh, What are you doing here? This is a public bar. If you'll excuse me. I thought we might walk a little ways together, Dr. Desmond. There is nothing that you and I can do together, Mr. Strickland. So, you're thinking it over. Thinking what over? My little proposition. That's why you've come out here, to commune with nature, to get away from it all, to clarify your Mm thoughts. Tell me, why do you wish to change our recommendation? Because it makes a great deal of sense. Well, in that case, I would think that the government... You see, we want the present government to fall. Why? So that friends of ours might take power. Who are these friends? Is that important? All that matters is the Parkhurst Award. And the committee is even now considering next year's medalist. I see. Well, assuming for the sake of argument... Yes. What is it that... That I could suggest, in all practicality, why the practical solution is the obvious one. A problem of agriculture, cultivation of wheat. Well, it may be obvious, but in the long run, it cannot solve the problems of self-sufficiency. Your solution to use the offshore waters and the inland lakes is an inspiration, but it's premature. Oh, but still, it's the only real hope for the salvation of the country. Would you like to win the parkers? Oh, I would never consider such a bargain. Never. But, uh... Well, listen. I mean, assuming for the sake of argument, just just suppose... uh, How could you guarantee that... Uh, uh, There are five members of the selection committee. We control three of them. The majority. What do you mean, control? Well, let us say we are aware of certain intimate details in their lives which could cause each of them... No end of embarrassment. Ah, you could blackmail them. In a word, yes. Oh, well, I could never consent to such a thing as... uh, You need that award, Dr. Desmond. Unless, of course, you want to be patronized by Elwood Downard for the rest of your life. It's a rather cruel world. Ability simply isn't enough. The lily has to be gilded. Well your decision. Well, now, listen, not that I could even consider such a thing, but but how could I be sure? An extremely important question. We will deposit the sum of one million dollars into your account at the bank of your choosing. If we are unable to deliver the prize, the money becomes yours. Now, surely we don't intend to lose that kind of money. And you can guarantee that prize? We know for a fact that Silas Halverson, one of the committee members, had an unfortunate encounter with a young lady during his youth. That uh, Professor Emery Winston... Uh, No, no, please, I don't want to know about it. Well, Doctor, what is your answer? Oh, we may be back to ground zero on this project, Spencer... We may have to shift the entire direction of our recommendation. Why? Well, because uh, other factors have suddenly... Well, I don't believe that we can... What are you trying to tell me? You know... We'd better go the agriculture route. It's a a safer recommendation. We want engaged to look for safety, but for a viable economic system. We have no assurance that we can successfully stock those waters with fish. But fisheries not only solves the employment problem, it also assures the people of a protein diet. Such a program cannot be implemented for many years. Why? Well, because there's a worldwide pollution problem. Until an international effort is made to clean up the seas... But agriculture! John, so much of their land is desert. Well, we'll propose an irrigation system. Uh, I'll have the top agricultural authority set to devise... No. What do you mean, no? This is exactly where we were a year ago... You were the one who came up with a plan that completely demolished the entire agricultural concept. I have had a chance to allow it to simmer. It's the real way to go. Let agriculture develop slowly, but let the major expenditure of money go toward the creation of a fishing industry. It won't work. You're serious. Of course. Okay. Okay. Now tell me the truth. What's behind this change of heart. A re-evaluation of all the pertinent My data. My foot. Who got to you, John? Now, look, I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm afraid you do. I won't even dignify that accusation with an answer. I'm aware of the political cross-currents in that country. I am completely above the political implications. The oil is disappearing. The Amer has to invest in a new kind of economy. There are those who insist on agriculture, and they happen to be right. That's not true, and you know it. so why would I be influenced by anything other than my professional judgment? I don't know. you tell me, Spence I thought it over, and I honestly believe Do that... you. Well, I prefer your original solution, your daring, innovative solution. But it's a... And as the senior partner here, I have final say. Even if I'm convinced... John, we owe our client the truth. And the report we will ultimately deliver is the one that is concerned with the truth. You cannot pull rank on me, Spencer. Don't force my hand, John. I'll submit an independent set of conclusions to the Amir. Then in that case, I'll pull more than rank. I'll pull prestige... I'll flaunt my Parkhurst Award. You don't have one, remember? And I'll tell you what else I'll do. I'll hire Elwood Downard to put his name on the report. Another Parkhurst medal. as You couldn't do a thing like that. Don't force me. And, of course, Downard will get all the credit for the fishery's idea. Anyone who may have thought he lucked into the prize before... Well, now admit he's a genuine genius. But, Spencer, I am sincerely convinced... No, you not. Somebody got to you. Who and how, I don't want to know. But I'll save you in spite of yourself. I thought we had a deal. Yes. So did I. So what's the problem? It's not a what. It's a who. Yes? Tell me about him. My associate. Yes? Well, he won't change the report. Why not? He likes the original concept better. Well, can't you convince him? No. You're sure? Dr. Spencer is a very stubborn man. When he makes up his mind, nothing can change it. So, I'm afraid our deal is off. Oh, never say die, You never tell what can happen tomorrow. Where Dr. Spencer's concerned, I can. I think I'd like to have a little talk with him. Oh, no. You don't know, Dr. Spencer. And you don't know how I talk. How does he talk? So far, he always seems to have what everybody wants. He has no trouble selling his programs. A most persuasive man, is this Mr. Everett Strickland. But what has he to offer Dr. Spencer? We shall find out when I return in just a few moments with Act Three. New York in the 1890s the bold figure of Diamond Jim Brady makes his way toward Louis Sherry, the most elegant restaurant in the city. Good evening, sir. Mr. Sherry himself escorts Diamond Jim and his attractive lady friend to their table. The highlight of the meal was Mr. Louis Sherry's ice cream dessert. Louis Sherry's ice cream still has that old-fashioned flavor, yet none of today's additives. Made from real cream, milk, pure cane sugar, egg yolks, Natural flavor, no artificial anything. You'll see that we haven't lost our taste for old-fashioned elegance. Mr. Louis Sherry's Ice Cream. The natural flavor of the 1890s in the 1970s. As his price. The tag on Dr. Desmond has already been displayed. It is a prestigious Parkhurst Award. Now it has become necessary to buy Dr. Spencer. How much does he go for in the marketplace? Well, Mrs. Fool, what can you tell me? Nothing, I'm afraid. I can't believe that. Oh, why not? Every man has an Achilles heel. He has to be vulnerable somewhere.
2: Ordinarily, I would agree. But Dr. Spencer is evidently the exception to prove the rule.
1: What does he want? He's satisfied with what he has. What does he want to keep hidden? I tell you, he has absolutely no vulnerability. Then perhaps another method of handling the doctor is indicated. (laughs) I'm sure of it. I shall return your guarantee, Mr. Strickland. Why? Because I cannot keep my part of the bargain. Why not? Dr. Spencer's mind is made up. That's true. He has me effectively blocked from presenting a different report. That's true, too. Well, then, what are you saying? I'm saying that we shall endeavor to unblock the good doctor. How? How do you think? Well, I haven't the faintest idea. Oh, yes, you do. You foresaw this moment from the split second you decided to accept my offer. Which moment? The moment in which you would know that Spencer has to be killed. Oh, no. Did you actually think Spencer would allow a 180-degree turnaround? I had every confidence in my ability to convince him. Play with the truth, if you will, Dr. Desmond. Lie to yourself, if you must. Do whatever is necessary to placate your conscience. But please, respect my intelligence. Well, I won't stand for murder. You will eventually. The deal is definitely off. You'll talk yourself into it eventually. Oh, no, no, never. You may have lost your freedom of operation. I don't understand. You may have to kill Spencer. I may have to kill him. Are you mad? In self-defense. I can't believe that I'm having this conversation. Spencer isn't threatening my life. In a very real sense, he is. Listen to this tape. What's behind this change of heart? Well, that's Spencer. Where did you? It's a tape of the conversation you held with Doctor Spencer in your office. How did you ever get that? We have your entire conversation. But uh, listen to this very illuminating line. Somebody got to you, John. Oh, and how, I do not wish to know. But I'll save you in spite of yourself. Now, consider the implications of that statement. Dr. Spencer questions your integrity. He's convinced you've been bought off. He's convinced of no such thing. If you like to whistle in the dark, go ahead. But the partnership of Spencer and Desmond is coming to an end. And you know it. And soon everyone will know that Spencer threw you out. That, that's not true. It's... Now or later, Dr. Desmond? Now or later what? When do you intend to accept reality and see what it is that you must do? Oh, I, I, I could never agree to murder, to the killing of anyone. Well, go ahead. Tell yourself. For any reason. That's a noble sentence. At any time. Once again, take a while. As long as you need to talk yourself into it. How's that final chapter of the report coming, John? Oh, well, I, I'm working on it. Um, I'm sorry. We had those words. Well, Spencer, it was just a review of the facts of life. What facts? Oh, there's an old Civil War saying, them as has gets. Meaning what? <laughs> Meaning it's not what's in the brain, it's, uh, Decorations on the chest I see The fact is The fact is that I know more than you and Downard put together But what do brains have to do with it? You have the credentials and that's enough to put me in my place I never realized that credit, honors, prestige mean so much to you You mean you never thought that I was human? Hmm? I'm sorry, John But So so am I, Spence So am I How sorry. You'll never know. Well? Dr. Desmond? Oh, Mr. Strickland, I, uh... Yes, I... Well, you you see, I've... I've decided to... to go ahead. Ah. See how simple it is. The first decision is always the toughest. After that... Everything just falls into place. Oh, yes. I I, I mean, I suppose if you want to get anywhere, you've got to to bite and claw and kick. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And and Spence is an old man anyway. So he goes a few years earlier. And this way his departure can do you some real good. His departure. Uh, We've been studying Dr. Spencer's habits. He likes to spend his weekends in his cabin up in the mountains. His cabin? Yes. He likes to detach himself from the world and, and meditate and just be his own man for a few days. Oh, but oh, why do I tell you these things? Uh, well, well, What are you what are you going to do? Well, nothing involved, nothing complicated. Uh, our <laughs> amateurs attempt highly complex plans which then fall apart from their own weight. But, I, I, mean, I mean, what are you going to do? A freelance agent will be dispatched to the Location. He will shoot Spencer. Oh, well, that's quite all right. Be shocked, be horrified. Show all the human reactions. It's, it's expected of yes, you. Yes, but I, I, the place is miles from any human habitation. A good doctor requires solitude. And so, a prowler, robbed him, and killed him. Oh, but that, that's, that's an eminently logical event. The police will accept it without question. And then control of the institute passes into your hands, and we have no more problems. Uh, Mr. Strickland, how how will this operative uh, be sure that it's Spencer? He'll be sent to the cabin with orders to shoot the occupant. Is there, well, has there ever been another occupant? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, The event is scheduled for Saturday evening at 7, immediately before twilight. No, listen, I... I, I'm... Yes, I... uh, Nothing. Nothing? Eloise, what time is it?
2: Three o'clock. John, what's the trouble? Uh...
1: Oh, nothing, nothing.
2: I don't know why you just want to sit indoors on such a glorious Saturday afternoon. Well, I
1: just feel like sitting indoors. Is there a law against it? Oh, excuse me. What time is
2: it? I just told you. Well,
1: tell me again.
2: It's almost a minute after three. John, please tell me what's wrong. Darling, something is wrong.
1: No, it'll it'll wear off after a while. What will? Oh, forget it. Well,
2: this is no way to have an intelligent conversation.
1: Who says we have to have an intelligent conversation? Who says we have to have any kind of a conversation? Excuse me. What time is it?
2: One and a half minutes after three. Do you uh, you want some coffee, tea, a drink? Uh, uh, John, I. I'm afraid I'll have to break a confidence.
1: Eloise, Eloise, I don't feel like a conversation just now.
2: And I'm going to do it because I know what's eating away at you. You do? Yes. The lack of recognition. Oh,
1: please, I just don't have the heart
2: And I'm going to tell you something. But look, Connie, next Saturday you must pretend to be surprised. They'll be here, and it'll be a kind of a... Uh, a testimonial. Oh, Louise, I don't fear. Spencer Why? and Elwood Downard. Elwood Downard here? Why? Your friends all got together. They felt the rest of the world should know what was no secret among your colleagues. That you are really the trailblazer. The pathfinder. What are you talking about? So, releases have already been prepared for the press. And everybody will recount how much he owes you. In other words, to put it this way, they will all admit... You are big daddy. Oh, I
1: don't believe and for that. for some
2: reason, you've been overlooked. And that bothers people like Downard and Dr. Spencer, and they want to set the record straight. That's what next Saturday night's affair is going to be all about. That isn't so.
1: You you know how Elwood patronized me at the dinner we gave for him. But he
2: called me later. He apologized. He said he, he he didn't realize it could be interpreted that way. All he wanted to do was help call attention to it.
1: What What time is it?
2: What's now five after three?
1: Spencer, did he leave for the cabin yet?
2: John, I don't understand.
1: What what are you doing? Who are you calling? He has got to be home. He just has got to be home. Oh. Oh, Spencer. Spencer. Answer it, Spence. Please be home. Sheep. Answer it. you know well. I know it. He, he isn't home. Well, of course he isn't home. You know
2: perfectly well he's never ben, home on Saturday afternoon.
1: I have to talk to him.
2: We'll call him in the country. Oh, How
1: can I call him in the country? He had no telephone.
2: John, if you spill the beans about next Saturday night, I'll never forgive you as long as I live.
1: Now, listen. I, I, I'll have to go up there. I'll just have to go up there. Where? It's the only thing that I can do now. I can't do anything else. John,
2: so, so where are you going? John! Oh, oh,
1: Spence. 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 Spence, are you in there? Spence. Oh, good Lord, am I too late? Spence. Spence. Oh, oh thank the Lord. I'm in time. He's not here yet. No. What i better do is, is go back along the road and stop him from coming up and here. Turn around, what? Dr. Spencer. Oh, no, wait. Wait, I, I, I'm not Dr. Spencer. Quit thinking, Pag. You see the gun in my hand, no. so naturally you're going to deny your old Doc Spencer, No, but it's no good. I was told you'd be up here. No, look, I, I can explain. I... Oh, nobody has to explain nothing. No. You know what I am? I'm an assassin. But you're making a mistake. I could have shot you in the back just before. Look, try to understand what I'm saying. Ask me why I didn't shoot you in the back. I'll tell you. It's because a man should make his. No, please. The, well, uh, whoever, whatever he believes in, uh, just before he goes. No. Way. Now, you got one minute. No, please. It's the tradition of the profession. But I tell you that I am not. Is that how you want to spend the last minute you got in the world? You're making a mistake. Uh, don't look at the garden. No. Just close your eyes. Uh, I'm very good. Oh, please. I'm very professional. You won't feel a no. thing. You won't now a thing. Mr. the ground! John! John! I'm not dead. Spence! This man, who? I'm afraid he's dead. But he was going to kill you. Oh, Spence. It's the first prowler, the first robber we've ever had out here. I'm afraid to look closely. He's dead, isn't he? Yes. Yes, he's dead, Spence. Luckily, I was out hunting and I, I had my rifle. Oh, Spence. Can you ever forgive me? me? For forgive you? For what? Well, you see, you see, I, I had a moment, a very bad moment. But it will never happen to me again. No. Never again. He did. And it didn't. And the following year, the committee nominated him for the Parkhurst Award. And when he accepted it, he made a brilliant speech. To the effect that the world's greatest honors are the ones a man receives from his colleagues. I shall return shortly. It's a thin veneer, this coating we have of civilization. And sometimes it can be rubbed off quite suddenly. We want something very badly. And before we know it, one thing will lead to another, and there we are. Thinking the unthinkable and performing the impossible. Well, those are two good words to describe our doings here seven times each week. The unthinkable and the impossible. Join the fun. Our cast included Norman Rose, E.V. Juster, Roger DeCovan, and Sam Gray. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.